Okay. We're starting. This is the good one. In three, two. everyone and welcome to this another exciting episode episode 129 of the legion of myth live stream coming at you every week like a recurring illness that you are actually happy to have you have us your wonderful loving and inviting hosts alex garthon marsh and brett heathen dog grissomer hello all i'm hey. glad to see you are well yes i'm glad to see everyone as well as well Ooh, Ooh i liked that statement Anyway, we, we've gotten more creative with the English language ever since our brains broke. <laughs> the Foundry is supposed to be a tool for good. Um, <laughs> to understand these references, please check out Garth and the Heathen Dogs uh, do Foundry do team ups from do Star that. Trek Online. I would uh, love people to watch our stuff, just not that stuff. Just not just that stuff. stuff. <laughs> that horrible brain destroying stuff. All right, but let's talk about something more positive. Let's talk about the segments we have going today. Do. In Heathen Dogs, Heathen Dogma, we have Mobile Suit Gundam, Iron-Blooded Orphan Season 2, and Boruto, Naruto, Next Generations. That's right. Mm. Is the third generation going to be Doruto? I don't know. I don't know if they're going to go that far into grandchildren, but we'll Boruto. see. Boruto. Anyway, uh, after that, uh, Garthon's Confal with Amazing Spider-Man, number 32, Action Comics, number 987, and Dark Knight's Metal. Number two, you know it's cool because that it's just sounds metal. really cool. It really does. I don't know. When I read that title, first thing I thought was, "Dear God, I'm not buying that." <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's... <laughs> they took the whole Batman Dark Knight and took out the K and just so it's a knight. So it's a dark knight. No, so like, and then it's metal. It's like, oh God, really? <laughs> like really? Batman wasn't metal enough. No, yeah. no, no. Oh, he's it. oh. Oh, we'll talk about that. And in the okay. RNG, we'll talk about the first thoughts of Heathen Dog's view of the Orville. That's right. All right, that sounds really good. Do you know what also sounds good? What's that? The disclaimer. Oh, the yes. opinions expressed in this episode are solely the opinions of the individual host or commentator and are not present representative of the entire Legion of Myth organization. While we provide an effort to provide a family-friendly atmosphere, there may be the occasional use of foul or even offensive language. Thank you for your understanding and continued viewership. In a world where two nerds discuss things. Uh, you could like, subscribe, or comment upon this thing. I think you should. You could do it through Twitch. Uh, do it through YouTube, where we actually post this after the live stream. Uh, check us out on Reddit. We do have a Reddit subreddit. Uh, check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash myth. You could tweet us on the Twitter. We've been pretty active on Twitter recently. We've had a lot of fun with that, especially with the uh, Foundry Roundtable guys. Uh, also, some, with some stuff, the big, huge games, thanks to uh, Max Leo's streaming of Kingdoms of Ambler. So a big shout-out to them at Big Huge Games. Yeah, we, we got a new Legionnaire on Discord. Yep, new Legionnaire well. Discord. That's awesome. Uh, also, yeah. check us out through Facebook Messenger or our Steam group. Uh, the audio version of this podcast is available on SoundCloud, through iTunes, or Google Play Music. 
You can also support us, and you should. Support us like a fine garment is supposed to. Because at Legion Myth, we like to both lift and support our audience. Uh, you can do that through a Twitch streaming uh, subscription, through Patreon at patreon.com slash Legion of Myth, through a Streamlabs donation, PayPal directly at paypal.me slash Legion of Myth, or by repping our gear at shop.spreadshirt.com slash Legion of Myth. High quality gear there, kids. Do I say kids too much? I do like to use that term a lot. You do like to do that, yeah. But there, there's this one YouTuber, I can't remember his name, but he says guys like every third or fourth word. Mm. And I want to shoot him. Because what if guys aren't watching? I know you could use guys as in the everyone. Yeah, sentence. but you're, you're, you're going to offend some idiot out there. Yeah, someone's going to get offended. Well, someone's going to offend and say, hey, kids, I'm not a child. I'm an adult with adult feelings and emotions. And obviously no, you have to not. say that you're a kid. <laughs> not if you're getting triggered over that. No, yeah, it's not. like obviously not. So anyway... Here's something to get triggered over. Trigger your happy juice, my friends, because it's Anime on the Stream with Heathen Dog. Excellent. Thank you very much, everyone. Uh, welcome to Anime on the Stream, uh, anime that you can find on Hulu or Netflix. Platforms you probably already have. Might as well find some good anime on it. First one today is Mobile Suit Gundam Iron-Blooded Orphans Season 2. I did Season 1 a while ago, and Season 2 that. is also the final season. So I figure, hey... Uh, might as well finish this one out. Now, where we left off in the first season, it was it was very jam packed with excitement, and uh, and lots of lots of uh, upward momentum for our heroes in in the organization called Tekadan. Uh, let's see, uh, they were third class citizens on Mars in, a, in an excavation uh, type uh, company. Uh, they, they revolted, took over their organization. Uh, became mercenaries, uh, well, well, not mercenaries, but uh, professional bodyguards. And uh, they, they decided that they were going to professionally bodyguard uh, uh, a princess-like woman who's going to travel from Mars to Earth to plead to Earth for Mars independence or rights or whatever. And they defended her all along the way. No one thought they would make it to Earth. They made it to Earth through a gauntlet of, of people who, who were trying to kill them. And they made a name for themselves. As, as an elite bodyguard or slash mercenary protection agency. Well, and that's like a three-month journey. That's a lot of time to kill yeah. someone. Yeah, it was. And and they did really well. And then season two comes around. And it all goes pear-shaped. Let's, uh, let's, let's, let's go to the, the particulars before we get to any of that nonsense. I do like uh, particulars. Yes, I do too. Directed by Tetsuki Naga, Nagi, Nagai, I think. Nagai, that's it. Written by Marie Okada. Uh, music by Masaru Yokoyama. Studio is Sunrise. Licensed by Sunrise and Funimation. Original network is JNN. Original run uh, October 2nd, 2016 to April 2nd, 2017. Uh, 25 episodes and you can watch them on Hulu. Now, Let's let's check out how the how the everyone fared uh, throughout season two. Well, uh, we have the two main characters. We have Orga Itsuka and Mikazuki August. Now, uh, Orga became at the end of season one, beginning of season two, he became basically a, a mob underboss for uh, for a mob organization called called Tewas. Now, uh, I didn't think this was a good call, really, but it's a uh, this. In the Mars area, it's like a gray. It's not. It's like gray, not not illegal, you know, to, to be part of this uh, shipping uh, mob organization. Uh, it wasn't a good plan because they also wanted to open up a a, a, te a Tekadan office on Earth. So being uh, 
affiliated with mobsters probably wouldn't help and it didn't it didn't at all um a man came came to orga whispered in his ear like a beautiful snake oil salesman his name was mcgillis and he said you know what uh the, the organization that was against you all of season one gallahorn is corrupt and awful and i'm in it i'm on the inside i'm a general on the inside and i want to uh take it i want to take it over to reform it and if you help me i will give you mars to run as you see fit so you can be what he said the king of mars and orga's like "Ooh, king of mars sounds good no man when someone offers you the kingdom of a planet you say no you say obviously you they're are... full of crud exactly you are full of crap and he, he just got blinded by the ambition of a, of a would-be king and uh, uh mikazuki follows orgo no matter what ever since they were kids orgo saved his life and now he follows orgo no matter what no matter how retarded uh, a path he he blazes he will follow right behind killing anyone that orga says says needs killing we kind of wonder how believable that is if i was part of you know some organization someone came to me and said hey i could be king of you know seattle that's not even mars i still like i don't think that's really a thing i don't yeah that's the best that's thing really you possible. can do i don't think not... that's yours to give yeah i mean this is this in this increasingly hypothetical world where where you succeed in in overthrowing an organization that's been around for a hundred years that that has that has uh, more military hardware than anyone knows what to do with you mean that if that happens i get to be king of mars but that's not going to happen so i don't know america beat britain but you know it wasn't at their home turf they didn't have to go over to england and and kill them in their in their giant island that would have been a lot more difficult yeah, it would have been a lot more difficult and uh, probably uh, probably insanely not going to happen. But let's just see how these guys fare. There are a lot of generals in World War II who would tell you how difficult that was. Yes. How did they fare? Oh, not well. Oh, They'd be dead. They are dead. They'd be dead. Orga died like a mobster. No kidding. Uh, what a surprise. He became a mobster and died like one. In fact, that's our first clip. If you want to go Is ahead it and our run first it. clip? Yes. Here we Where go. Orga died. Now, no, wait, wait, wait. Stop. Before I you am run running it. it. I stopped. I'm not running it. I'm, oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, now this his death scene, like 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 any uh, ham, lasts over three minutes. <laughs> All right. So I cut this down by a third. That's like I, Paul Rubens' death in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I cut it here and then I spliced it together to to give you the the gist. It's still a little over a minute long. So be prepared for this. But uh, yeah, you go ahead, go ahead and, and run it now, and uh, we'll watch it all together. How do mobsters die? In a hail of gunfire! That's how mobsters oh, die. Oh, those are some nice guns. Yeah. Ah, uh, boss, what are you doing? Oh, jeez. Oh, he just keeps telling himself he's the boss as people shoot him. Yeah. And the, the credits are rolling as he dies. That's actually, that's actually nice. I like that. It is good. It is good. It's actually yeah, they, kind of dramatic. It shows just how much of the end it is. They stole time from the credits to increase his death scene. <laughs> people are crying because it's so beautiful. Now, it's very important to listen to what he's saying, or read what he's saying. Not right now, this, that's, that's a flashback. I'm not stopping. As long as you all don't stop, I'll be at the end waiting for you. And then he keels over, obviously quite, quite dead, because, you know, that's like five people's worth of blood in the ground. Yeah. 
But he's still pointing onward. Yes, he and is. His blood keeps going. That's how hardcore he is. That is exactly how hardcore he is. Now, uh, because of, of his last words, which were spread throughout the, the, the uh, Tekadan organization, um, everyone's like, yeah, we're going to be kings of Mars. We have to do it for our, for our beloved leader. And at the end, when we're winning, he will he will look on us from heaven. He's not in heaven, and uh, and he will be glad and happy and all that stuff. But so they all you know keep on a trucking on this on this death course. As a matter of fact, let, let's check out uh, another guy, uh, Biscuit. Obviously not his real name. But I would hope not, but you never can tell these days. Okay, now he, he served as a staff officer for Tekkenan. He he uh, he did logistics. You know, he, he made sure all the orders were done on time. He made sure everyone got uh, their their pay. Everyone got vacation time. Well, everyone, I hate you know, to judge by looks, but he doesn't look like frontline fighter. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's not a frontline dude. Uh, he had his doubts about the organization's new direction, like becoming King of Mars direction. He's like, uh, no. Smart, smart, smart. That smart, sounds smart. dumb. The only guy who said, you know what, pass. Let's just pass on that. <laughs> And they're like, no, man, that's not a good idea. I want to be King of Mars. Like, you're not going to be. This is stupid. He's like, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. They're like, you're a traitor. Well, I'm, not, I'm just not dumb. <laughs> that's what I'm not dumb. But in the end, how does he turn out? Oh, dead. Uh, his, the last battle before he was ready to leave to go back to Mars to his sisters, two little sisters, which he left on the farm. <laughs> he died saving Orga's life. He he Why? saw him body reacted. It's one of those things, you know. I mean, he's been following Orga so long it was like muscle memory. He basically jumped in front of the bullet. That was that was meant for Orga. And Orga died anyway. Yeah, Orga died like a couple months later anyway. So, it didn't so great decision, bud. Yeah, exactly. So he'd be dead. And he was, like I said, the only smart one in there. Like, mm. no. Well, let, let's check out someone else. Okay, someone else who had amazing like character growth throughout all of season one. Amazing kid. This is Norbashino. Now, when it started off, he, he was a self-hating uh, human debris. Human debris uh, was uh, uh, is the name for children from the last war, which is like 20, 30 years ago, whatever, that, uh, that their parents and all their family were killed off in the war and their orphans, just no one will take them in. And organizations took him in as basically slave labor. So he had, he is like this, this help self-hating uh, human debris. Uh, once, once Tekadan became a thing, he found a family structure in it, you know, like an, an Orga, like, uh, like, like any, you know, cult figure created this family, you know, we are the family, no other, no one else will have us where you have nowhere else to go, but here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he got stronger to be more useful to his family. He overcame his survival guilt. Uh, he, he, he became a fully functioning human being again. Uh, he, he, he learned how to pilot mechs pretty well. Like he was an, he was an ace pilot and he trained new recruits that they were getting toward the end. You know, they were opening up new branches on earth, stuff like that. They were expanding. And so they needed new recruits and he would train them. All right. It's, it's all coming up roses for, for Norba until. Oh, that's right. He was the instrumental player in the last ditch maneuver to win the day to actually overthrow Gallahorn. They didn't make it. And that's our clip number two. Let's check oh, it out. Oh, boy. What? 
Yeah, it's missing an arm, but man, it doesn't have will. Look at his face. Determination galore. I think he blew out one of his eyes. Yes, he did. Oh, man. And boom. Miss. Sucks. Big whiff-off. He's missing an eye. And there we are. Gonna mess your death perception. No, he. Uh, if, if you if you want to run the clip again, you can, but you don't have to. Uh, at the very moment, right before he was gonna fire, uh, an, an enemy attack clipped his gun. Oh, uh, okay. And it, it Not, threw his aim just off. Just slightly off, and after the distance. Slightly off, and that was it. He missed, oh, and right after that, I didn't show it, but right after that, he dialed in a hail of bullets and death. Hell, yeah, that'll learn you. That was it. That was the turning point of of the conflict against Gallahorn. Because they failed that, Gallahorn won that battle, chased them all the way back to Mars. Tekadan hunkered down at their main base on Mars. Gallahorn, Gallahorn surrounded it, attacked it. Uh, uh, Mikazuki and uh, and a couple other mech, mech pilots uh, slowed down the advance long enough for the other civilians and children to get out under, uh, through escape tunnels before the whole place was bombarded by from orbit and everybody else died now they didn't just lose okay they lost big now uh everyone in tekadan had to either go underground hide or change their name so no one knew they were part of tekadan because the winners write the history tekadan was a terrorist organization and any, everyone involved in it was was a terrorist and deserves to be shot well kind of Hard to disagree with that opinion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they kind of were. And Orga let, led them into a bear trap, and a clamp closed on them, all of them. Now, we go to our next slide, and we look at what are, who are the main antagonists. I, I could tell you that the, the Gallahorn general, I you know, all about him and how he was pretty evil, but he was in charge of a legitimate organization. And I could tell you about uh, about the, the, the rogue general inside Gallahorn that whispered the snake oil into Orga's ear. I could tell you all that and say they were the antagonists. No, no. They were their own worst enemy. All right. Now, if they had just, you know, didn't chase the waterfalls, right, stuck to the rivers and streams that they should have been used to, uh, they, they would have had a, a good or a, a good organization, a bodyguard organization, completely legit, had cred. They, they were getting jobs hand over fist Making for, a nice for bodyguard jobs. They, they were free. They were getting a paycheck. All their people were, were were being treated well, and that was good. That's really all they wanted. But Orga wanted ultimate security, and sometimes to gain ultimate security, you have to take ultimate risk. That's stupid. It's a stupid mindset. Orga had it, and it burned his entire organization to the ground. He doused it with fire. He lit the match. He forgot to bring marshmallows for everyone. It's exactly what happened. One bad decision after another sealed their fate so how do i rate this two stars all right Ooh, ouch yeah i mean i uh, unless you are a super fan of the of the mech genre of the the gundam genre don't well don't don't watch season two just stop at season one well gundam movies gen or series generally tend to be different than other mech series which are like woo mecha combat gundam is, is usually like hey looks mechs oh by the way everyone dies war's bad 
you know, I mean, you know they, uh, start gun, hit, gun they hit the you over the head with the stick. War is bad. That War is bad. That's my favorite one. But uh, anyway, let's let's look at the good parts. Good action. It excellent action. Uh, all of the uh, all of the really fast movement was was done with extra frames. So there's no blurring. There there's no there's no uh, you know effects like that. Crazy you know, fish like, eye effects. Yeah, fish eye effects or or uh, tune warping. You know, like where you where you actually warp the arms and leg of something to for some idiot reason to say it's fast motion. No, they don't have any of that crap. It's all excellent, excellent, good fast motion action. Uh, all the bad guys were really uh, well done. I mean, they had backstories. They had personalities. They they had you you knew exactly their reasons for doing everything they did, and uh, it was great. I mean, it was really really well written. I mean, season two was for the bad guys or quote unquote bad guys because really they weren't bad guys. They were just people that had different opinions about how sh- stuff should be done. Basically, now let, let's get to the garbage. Uh, uh, this is a realistic story about war, which means uh, everything's gonna suck. Yeah, everything's gonna suck, and the good guys lose half the time. That's what happens, and we just have, happen to be on the uh, on the B side of that wonderful coin that we flipped. And the good guys, well, the the good guys that you grew to love in season one, dead. I mean, the story uh, could have yeah. followed the other guys' forces, and like, hey, this organization came up. Hey, they seem pretty cool. Hey, wait, they're attacking us now. What about your jerks? Oh, no. Yeah. So you could have had that. Could have had that. Excellent. That would have been great. It would, it would have been a, it would have been a great turn. <laughs> it would have been like, hey, the good guys win. Yay! Not oh, our people oh, are no. jerks and they all died. Bummer. But uh, yeah, I I don't watch uh, anime for the good guys to die, like all of them, or the lion's share of the good guys to die. Yeah, it's occasionally one dying for dramatic effects. All right, you know, but yeah, like one, one or one, maybe two. Yeah, well, but also these guys kind of stopped being the good guys when they decided hey king of mars yeah exactly you know why'd you do that why'd you why'd you do that don't do that i just want to be uh, king of mars and most of the main characters die dumb just dumb not, not just die but die stupid like when you become a mobster the chances of you getting gunned down on the street increase by like 150 thousand percent oh yeah definitely yeah um when you uh when you fight a battle against overwhelming odds in a realistic story, the odds of you dying horribly in a blaze of, of, of uh, bombs and missiles and, 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 and hypersonic projectiles increase about 300,000%. So, yeah, uh, it's just dumb. You don't fight that battle. You, you move on. You, you, you fight a battle. You can win. But, hey, that happened. Piloting a Gundam sucks. Uh, Why is that? Mikazuki, every time he piloted his Gundam to the maximum of, of its ability... He lost the ability to use some of his limbs. The first time he did Ouch. it, he lost his left arm. He lost like the ability to use his left arm. Permanently or temporarily? No, what, no. Unless he was plugged into the Gundam, then then he could use his arm again. Or was Ouch. it his right arm? It was one of his arms. You know, uh, un, unless he was plugged into the to to the man machine interface of his Gundam, his arm was useless. Sounds like and that then, was a poorly constructed man machine interface. Exactly. And then uh, he had to he had to he had to. Uh, uh, shut off the limiters another time, and he lost the use of both his legs. Ouch. So, if you want to be really cool in a Gundam and be like awesome, super, super bad mofo, it's going to kill you. Pretty soon they're just wheeling you up to the you're into the Gundam or just exactly. leaving you in there yeah. and feeding you, you know? Basically, yeah. They have to plug you in to make sure you can still breathe. Stuff like that. It's awful. It was dumb. 
don't like it. And uh, Tekadan, an organization who we rooted for in season one, and we were so happy that they found freedom and and security, is a is a disgraced terrorist organization for all time. Yeah, so good, history books good job. are written, and that's that's what happened. Yeah, it's hard Awful. to argue with them, seeing the facts. Yeah, it's hard to argue, and and the, the facts are the, the the writers said, you know what, we built these guys up. Let's let's for just just for funsies, let's let's make them all stupid now and burn them down. Which I didn't like. No, no fun like it either. No, it didn't. Ha- it was not fun. What it, it, it wasn't fun for me to watch. I didn't like it at all. But that's a uh, Iron Blood Orphan season two. Now right. go in the other direction. Fun. We have Baruto, Naruto Next Generation. That looks fun. Yes. Now I I did a review on this one as well, but I did it before it came out. Right. With with rumors that. and and uh, some interviews and stuff like that as my only information. Now they're halfway through season one. So I decided, you know what? I'll throw out a review now. I don't want to wait another four months before I want to do this one. I want to do it now. So, you know, I decided to do it now. Now, th- this this takes place about uh, 10, 11, 12, 13, 13 years, around around that, 13 years, uh, after the end of the, the Naruto main series. Uh, Naruto is the Hokage, which is the, the leader of the of the village hidden in the leaves, the, the ninja village. The, the ninja leaves. king. Yeah, he's basically the the, the Ninja King. Uh, uh, he has successfully uh, united all of the ninja villages from all the other nations in peace for the last over a decade. That's pretty impressive. Because of because of his actions during during the fourth the last the fourth Great Ninja War, and uh, uh, he has he's brought peace and prosperity throughout all the lands. Not just his own, but everyone else's as well, because he's he's not a selfish d-bag. He he likes to spread joy around. And uh, this one is this is based on the like I said the the next generation, the his son and his his son's class that that are that are up and coming ninjas in the in the ninja academy. Now, hmm. let's let's go over the particulars of this before I get into this. Okay, uh, directed by uh, Noriyuki Abi. I'm gonna say Abi. Uh, and uh, Hiroyuki Yamashita, written by M- Makoto Weizu, I guess, and, or and uh, Yukio Akio Kodachi, I guess. Yeah, Yukio Kodachi. Uh, okay, there you go. Uh, music by uh, Yashuhara Takanashi. A studio is Perot, which is weird. Uh, licensed by Viz Media and original network. You can read it on the screen. We're not going to say it. <laughs> because the bots are listening because <laughs> they're too fond of shutting down a stre- our streams and our YouTube to use of, them of, of shutting down all monetization for no reason at all uh, original run was April twenty, April 5th of this year to now uh, so far been 24 episodes and you can watch them on Hulu now we'll get to our main character our main character Boruto Uz- Uzumaki All right. he's the son of Naruto and Hinata and uh, he inherited his, his father's quote-unquote power throughout the entire first series uh people who met naruto instantly liked him and wanted to help him the the reason being is he doesn't have any special power of persuasion he just always fought with everything he had and he only fought something when he knew it was right so everyone around him felt that emotion felt that righteousness you're talking about naruto right yes all right and he and uh, and Boruto has inherited that from his father. He is the same mindset. You know, his friends 
will always come first. And uh, if a cause, if he believes in something, he's going to make sure it gets done no matter what. And people instinctively want to follow a person like that. They, they, they want to fall behind. They want to, they want to feel what he's feeling. And so people generally congregate around him. Baruto's got the same thing. Just like his father, he specializes in shadow clones. Shadow clones are creating physical copies of yourself to do, you know, to, to help you fight or to do various tasks faster. You know, like, hey, I, it's going to take me five hours to build this Ikea desk. But if I make four clones of myself, it'll only take one, you know, stuff like that. You know, like, but you can use it for a lot of stuff. But uh, that's that's something. Now, he has a, a Byakugan. Ver a Byakugan is a, a Keke Genkai, which is a bloodline limit. It's a it's a special ninjutsu that is passed on genetically from parent to child, parent to child. Uh, the Byakugan is uh, is passed on in Hinata's uh, Hyuga clan. And uh, what it is, it's a it's a special ocular jutsu to where you can you can shove chakra into your eyes. And now you can see through all illusions you can see through all camouflage. You can see people, people's uh, chakra or energy flow throughout their bodies to such a precise detail that you can target the the flow in their body to make it stop, so they can no longer use ninja powers by touching the certain spots in a fighting manner. Now he has a variant. It's not it's not as cool, it's not as precise, but he can see chakra that is not native to where it's supposed to be like if you have if you have a someone put chakra inside you or you're possessed say he can see that yeah, all right yeah and and he you know he he actually used that to to to, to help uh uh fix uh the, the the main problem in the first uh, in the first 24 episodes but uh he is not close with his father see well his father's I, busy I, being ninja king yeah his, his father's busy being ninja king of the world and so, his father uh, grew up an orphan, so he doesn't really know what it's like. Yeah, to yeah. his be father a grew up with no parents. His parents died literally the day he was born, so he did not know what being a dad was like. I mean, he had mentors growing up that he really respected, but they didn't treat him like a like a son. They treated him like a student, even though they had feelings for him like a son. But they wanted to make him strong, so they didn't treat him like you know they didn't give him fatherly love. But uh, um, so he doesn't really know how to navigate those waters very well. But the, the way they're writing Boruto is what if Naruto had parent, had a father, but he was a deadbeat absent guy? How would he be? Well, he'd be like this. You know, right, he, would, he, would, he would hate his father for not being around for him, not being around for his little sister, not being around for his mom. He's at work like 18 hours a day. And uh, on birthdays and special occasions when he comes home, it's a shadow clone. It's not even really him. He's still really at work. So how does that make you feel? You know, you come second to all these strangers all the time, every time. Right. You'd be angry, especially if you're if you're a, uh, just about to be a teenage boy. You'd be angry. And that's, that's what he is. So he does not close with his dad Makes at sense. all. Now we'll go to our next main character, Sarada Uchiha. Sarada Uchiha. Now, she is the daughter of Sasuke Uchiha and Sakura Hanra. Now, uh, Sasuke is the last of the Uchiha clan. Uh, his, his older brother Itachi slaughtered everyone else when Sasuke was a kid, except for him. Well, that, that way he could get ultimate power. No, 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 no. Uh, he was act it ended up being he was he was working for the good of the village. 
because his clan was going to try and overthrow the village leadership in the Civil War. So Itachi was like, well, I got to stop it. So this is how this is the only way to do it, because they will not be dissuaded. They're going to do this no matter what. I've tried talking them out of it. I've tried talking them down. I, I, I've worked with the with the with the last Hokage and nothing. There's no they just want they want blood and that's it. So he killed killed the entire village, but he did so secretly to, to make him the enemy. So, so as not to disparage the Uchiha clan. You they know, don't want to dishonor your clan. Exactly. They're going to die. Might as well not die in dishonor. Right. So uh, Sasuke spent his entire child, childhood hating his brother until he found out the truth. He's like, oh, man, how will I do? Well, um, he decided to become the uh, the village shaman. Now, this, uh, this, this goes back to the ancient shaman uh, for uh, Amazon, not Amazon, but uh, uh, tri- ancient tribes in both uh, Native America uh, and uh um, South America as well did this, where the, the the shaman or medicine man or whatever, he wouldn't live in the village. He would live outside the village because, number one, all the villagers thought he was creepy because he was tuned into spirits and stuff. But also so he could have a, a, a more objective view of threats to the village. So so he can give better counsel to the to the chief or village elders or whatever. So Sasuke, after the after the fourth great ninja war, he became the, the, the shaman of the village. He would go out into the world seeking out threats and eliminating them or or reporting back so the village can handle them before they become overwhelming. So he's not home a lot, right? But that's that's in uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, she uh, she has the personality of both her parents. Now, uh, Sasuke is extremely calculating. He's calm, he's collected, he always thinks a situation through no matter what. He always keeps his emotions in check. He has them, and when it's appropriate, he will. He will show them, but most of the time he doesn't think that's appropriate. Sakura, when she was a kid, she could not contain her emotions. She would get angry at the drop of a drop of a hat, at the very hint of a slight. She would go full on berserker mode, you know, start beating people up. And her favorite her favorite beat toy was Naruto when they were when they were in the, on the same team together. He had it coming though. Yeah, he'd be like bong, he'd be beating the top of the head, like, ah, oh, Sakura, why are you doing that? It's like, shut up, you know, stuff like that. So she has that most of the time. She's calm, she's collected, but if you if you light her fuse, she boom, she goes boom, and she usually goes boom with punching some people. And she also has a mixture of both her father's power, which is another uh, ocular jutsu, uh, Keke Genkai, called Sharingan. And her her mother's specialty, uh, which is like hyper strength. Now I have a clip of that as well. You can go to that clip. Is that it's clip number two? One? I'm sorry, it's clip number two. I skipped over clip number one. Are you ready? Yeah. Going. She says she knows. That's a creepy ghost. It's not a ghost. It's a little little midget clone thing. Pokemon. I look at her eyes. Ah, she's using it. Yes, the, the, the Sharingan allows you to basically uh, slow down your perception of time. So you have a greater ability to dodge things and move around and see things. It, it also cuts through illusions. Well, a higher uh, level starts doing some real crazy stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is uh, the, the – I don't know if you saw it, but uh, in her eyes turned red, obviously. Had two dots. But, yeah, had, had one dot in each eye. 
a fully mature shower and those are called tome i believe a, a fully mature matured shower god has three in each eye so she just activated her ability an episode prior so she has not practiced in it but uh so so all she has right now is is an ability to 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 calculate attacks and their and their vector and get out of the way now i have a real problem with this because uh as at the end you saw her punch the little the little midget clone thing and the rock face destroy everywhere around the punch yeah it looked like a super strength thing yes uh, it is super strength now uh her mother sakura learned that with years of practice from her teacher it is precise chakra control uh, put into your fist at the exact moment of physical contact with your target. It takes years to master. She does it in one fit. I don't like that. It's taking away from Sakura's achievement. It is, but I think it draws to try to show that maybe that is passed on. That skill, that yeah, I know, learned but, ability, but also... Yeah, but the thing is, it, it is a learned ability. Well, it's but not also, a natural look at ability. Her, now, now well, look her at what, Sharingan wait. is a blood ability. I, I mean, know. that just comes out. But Sasuke also did and, stuff like that all the time. He didn't do... He didn't have a super strength thing. He No, he but learned, with other abilities, like, it took me three years to learn this. Sasuke's like, oh, and he'd do it in like two hours. You know? Well, now, that that a fully mature Sharingan, well, that uh, you different. can also copy other people's jutsu. Right. Other other people's ninja abilities, you can see it once, memorize its uh, its its chakra patterns and its motions, and recreate it instantly. So he had a he had a he had a cheat. Right, it's true. That was his bloodline ability cheat. So I get it. She didn't have that cheat. She just uh, activated the Shangan. She had not seen her mother use her super strength since her Shangan was activated. She had no cheat. I, I think it, it take, takes away from years of Sakura's training and her and her achievements throughout her life by yeah, doing Sakura's this, always a B-lister anyway. Yeah, okay. But let's go to our, our number three. This is Mitsuki. Now, Mitsuki is super creepy. Uh, he's a clone of Orochimaru. And That's for not creepy. Almost all of of the of, of the Naruto storyline. I'm talking hundreds and hundreds of episodes. I'm so probably 450 episodes of the 500 and change that, that, that was the, the Naruto series. Orochimaru was a super bad guy. Yes. Yes. Like, Very evil. Ev- like he had, he had a kill on site order on him for the entire series up until the very end. And this is his clone. And he's allowed to study in the ninja school with everyone else, with all the, all the normal people. And he, he's a throwback to the character Sai. Uh, in, in the original series, when, uh, when uh, 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 Sasuke left the village to join up with Orochimaru to get powerful enough to kill his brother, because he didn't think the village was going to teach him how to do that, uh, they, they had to fill the, the gap in, in their ninja team, and they had this character called Sai. And Sai was raised in a brutal environment from, from five years old, so he was stunted emotionally. So he did. He didn't know how to show emotions, and this this guy, Mitsuki, he reminds us of that. He's the same way. He's also very pale because he grew up underground, because his father likes to stay underground. So he grew up there. So he's very pale, and uh, and he's emotionally stunted. He doesn't. He understands emotions. He's he kind of like got Asperger's. He understands it like logically what emotions are, but he's not too sure about when people are actually okay. You're crying, so you're sad, right? Stuff like that. 
and uh, he summons snakes, just like his father does. He has a, he, yeah, he has a he has a connection to to snakes, and he can summon those. But uh, be, because people don't really hang around him so much, he's he's also on the outside of most situations. So he learned to read people and read situations. So he became a natural tactician. Uh, in in his training to understand people's emotions, he had to learn facial cues. He had to learn all stuff. So he learned how to read people. So he, he knows when someone's about to, about to fight. He knows when someone's about to flee. He knows when a situation is going to go pear-shaped because he studied stuff like this all his life. So on, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a fighting team, having him on your side is pretty cool. I like it. Now, before we go into the bad guys, I want to, uh, I want to go back to clip number one uh, that, that we didn't do. It's, a, it's, a, it's a, uh, between Naruto and, and, and Baruto. They're, they're going out to, to dinner. And it, it shows their father-son relationship. Go ahead and run it. All right, it is running. They're getting their food. Oh, I'm switching his family's more like others. Mm -hmm. Wait, like, what do you call a stupid old man? That's, what's the matter? Nothing at all. So yeah, that that's their relationship, strained to say the least. He does all love right, ramen, now. though. Oh, they all love ramen. Okay, now let, let's go to our main antagonist, maybe kind of, because uh, out of the twenty-four episodes, they haven't they haven't really brought there was these these guys were in one scene. All right, uh, and that was it. They're not even on the same plane of existence yet, but they're on their way. Oh, okay. They were introduced in Boruto the movie as as the main bad guys to be defeated, and uh, um, like I said, they only appeared in in one scene in the series so far. Uh, now I wrote down Kaguya level power. Now if you haven't if you haven't uh, uh, watched Naruto Shippuden, then you don't know what that is. Kaguya was the originator of of chi and power. The very first person to to have ninja abilities. Oh, okay. And she was immortal and all powerful and and all chakra originated from her, and she was defeated by her sons who sealed her away. All right, now uh, she is the the most powerful thing on the planet. Naruto and Sasuke at the end of Naruto Shippuden, both of them together sealed her away again, sealed her back away because you can't kill her. You can only seal her up and hope she doesn't come back that's it now these guys are are akin to her they look a lot like her they have the same abilities you know all that stuff and they're on their way these guys are no joke and now i don't know how they're actually going to have the kids fight these guys because the kids aren't even real ninjas yet they're still in school so right. well that's how those series work they have to you know, yeah. get tougher to yeah, defeat up, like in a hurry like god no, level I mean, villains it, it, it took it took naruto and sasuke years in their time to get powerful enough to actually fight and and, and defeat kaguya and then it was like by that much by that much so if when these guys show up i don't know how they're going to stop the adults from taking center stage which i don't want to happen well simple they'll just take out the adults first and the kids are left on their own and then they have to man up or woman up or toughen up and then fight them. That's eh. yeah, but they're, they're going to lose badly. Well, yeah, and then they're going to go get tougher. Okay. Well, anyway, they're going to have a uh, running sequence on the shore. 
<laughs> the little Rocky Apollo yeah, sequence. you know. <laughs> Getting stronger. That's right. All right, let's go to our last slide here. I gave it a three. Now, uh, the reason I didn't give it more than that, well, first I'll get to the good stuff. I like that they did a power level reset because you cannot have a continuation of, of the Naruto series with the same power levels as your base. Well, you just start doing good. Well, you start running the Dragon Ball Z problems where now they're exactly. like accidentally the blowing a planet. Yeah, where now, you know, like there are uh, everyone, you know, if you move a finger, you could destroy a moon. The current know? villains are punching time. It's like, okay, that's uh, a. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or yelling through dimensions, stuff like that. Yeah, it's a little much. Yeah, so, so they gave us a power reset because you're focusing on the kids and they're starting over. So so are you. Your, your power levels are starting over to the very first episode of Naruto, the original, which is great. And and with doing that, you can appeal to younger fans again. You know, you, you can get a, a, another group of 10 to 12 year olds hooked on Baruto that were hooked on Naruto. Well, yeah, you got to keep smart. refreshing the cycles. Exactly. And that's just smart. I mean, Madonna did it. She kept reinventing herself every few years yeah, to get a younger audience a over, and over and over again. And her, her career lasted far longer than it should have because she's smart. I get it. And I like that it keeps the Naruto storyline. It, it keeps all of the rich backstory that you spent years cultivating in the original Naruto series. You still have that here. It's just painted with a little different brush. That's all. All the things that happened in Naruto still happened here. But be, because of the of the 13-year time skip, you can have all that and have something new overlaid on top, which is great. I love it. Do you know what could have made this? The past is the wrong move every time, and they right. didn't make it. You know what could have pushed this to like a four-star series? What's that? If the main character was based off Rock Lee. That's all I'm saying. They actually had a, a short-lived series. Talking about the comedy Hulu. series? Like yes, the super yes. formed one? That was yes, dumb. Yes, it, it, it was a super, super dumb one for like five-year-olds. It was terrible. It was terrible. You're right. It was terrible. Rock Lee ruled. Now, here's the bad stuff. Character development. I thought I was, I was just looking at the past with rose-colored glasses. I really thought I, I was. There's no way that the original Naruto was this slow in developing the characters. It was pretty I mean, slow. Sure, it's halfway through the first season. You're not going to get everybody. You're not even going to get a majority of the people to have good backstory. But they only give really good backstory for one, two, three, three people. Baruto, Sarada, and... Mitsuki, those are the three people that you actually know a lot about, about their about their past, about where they come from, what their story is, stuff like that. And they they spent five or six episodes on 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 Sarada alone to get that far. All right, and everything else has been, uh, you only learn stuff if you're in the same scene as Baruto. We only learn about you if you're talking to Baruto and Baruto asks you a question. Yeah, that's all. So I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna re I'm gonna rewatch the original Naruto series, the first 24 episodes, and see what happens. And I'm like, okay, no, I didn't make this up. Uh, in the first 24 episodes of the Naruto series, uh, they graduate the Ninja Academy, train under their first their their first leader, their their, their first uh, mentor, leader of their squad, go on their first mission, come back from their first mission, and then start the 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 chunin exam uh chunin is is the, the next level of ninja there's genin chunin and and junin where the the three levels of being a ninja uh and they're at they, they 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 go to take the test to become the next level of ninja already that's in the first 24 episodes 
what happens in the first 24 episodes of Naruto of, of, of Baruto, the next generation? Okay. Um, they're still in school up to now. They're still in school. Uh, they had one bad guy who was a student. So easily defeatable, really. They give one hint of an actual antagonist who's not even on the same plane of existence. And that's it. You had all that time to develop characters because nothing really plot worthy happened. And you failed. In, in, the, in, the, in the first 24 episodes of Naruto, you learn all about Sakura. You learn all about Sasuke. You learn all about Naruto. You learn all, all about their, their trainer, Kakashi. You learn, you learn all about the, the third Hokage. You learn all about... Uh... Well, maybe not all about, but enough to make them interesting characters. Well, yeah, you learn their backstory. Right. You learn their backstory. In, and, then, and then there's a couple more people. Uh, Rock Lee, he, he, he comes in episode 24. And and he starts off half the half the episode just him talking about him, him and his whole backstory. So they they jammed him into one episode, or half of. So he counts. He's in the first twenty four. He counts. No one got that in in Boruto. No one got that. If if you weren't around Boruto, you didn't you didn't get any explanation at all. Okay. Yeah. Great. Well, maybe they're just like they're probably like uh, Duncan Idaho said, probably counting a lot of fandom to propel it forward. Maybe so, yeah. I mean, I, I I would like it. I would like the writers to treat it as its own series. If if you if you want to, you know, right, have it be like Naruto, then write it like Naruto. Well, it's you also know? entirely it... possible they're counting on stuff we're not seeing in America. Maybe there's a Japanese web series that goes in the background of the characters. Maybe there's yeah, additional maybe... books we're not getting. But yeah, then again, well, there's, there's there's obviously the manga. Yeah, I mean, but then that's again, been going on for a while now. Yeah, that doesn't help but, you when you're watching the series. Yeah, it doesn't help you to watch a series. So you so the writers for the series are not are not helping the viewer. All right. Now, uh, my last problem is more Konohamaru. In the very second episode of the Naruto series, Konohamaru was introduced, and he was a he was a bad a little firecracker of a kid. He was the grandson of the of the of the Hokage. Oh, I liked him. He was cool. Yeah, yeah, he had that big long scarf thing. Yeah, and he was kind of funny. The Naruto series, he would pop up. And and he'd be a little and tougher he was every cool time. Cool every time he would get cooler and cooler as time went on. And I know from the manga that that Konohamaru is going to be the the, the teacher and team leader for 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 the, for the three people that I've I've already mentioned. Right. Yeah. For for Baruto, Sarada, and Mitsuki, he's going to be their their team leader. He's going to be their Kakashi. But so far, he's only been in a background role because they haven't graduated yet. So he can't come in yet as their as their as their team leader. He's just in the back burner. He, he every every couple of episodes he'll be in the he'll be in like the background going, hey, I'm Corner Hammer, I'm still here, you know. But they're not utilizing him in anything. Yeah. If they utilized him, then then they would have to they would have to have, uh, have less time once they get formed as a team to trust Konohamaru as their team leader because they would have worked with him in the past already, right, which worked the previous team. Exactly. And so far, they've only, you know, met him. They haven't really fought beside him or seen him fight or respect him in any way right. beyond being, a, you know, an, a full, full-fledged ninja. So they're just running themselves into the dirt on that one, too. All right. There, but there's one question that needs to be answered. What's that? Does the sexy jutsu still exist? No. God. Boruto does not use the sexy jutsu. All right, next series. Not, not okay. even worth watching. Yeah. No, and, and that's actually it. I, I it would have gotten a two and a half. 
Yeah, but, Duncan uh, Idaho says, how many fights per episode? A couple of episodes don't have fights at all. So it's probably kind of like on pace with the original Naruto series? Yeah, yeah. For, for, for fight-wise, it's, it's about, about the same level as the original Naruto. Because the original but, didn't have fights for like, episodes, like a few episodes in a row, then yeah. there'd be some good fights. And, you know. Yeah, then there'd be some good fights, and there wouldn't be. You know, there would be, it wouldn't be. But, hey, that's the way, that's the way it is sometimes. I'm just, I, I was just talking story progression. And right. it's it's not on par with the original. Not on all par right. at all. Well, thank you very much for this review of Boruto. And that went long. I'm sorry, everyone. You don't be sorry. That's gold. Okay. People should be thanking you. <laughs> all right. If you want more Heathen Dogma, you can always find it on YouTube uh, with his RPG segments and his team-ups with that Garthon guy. Uh, you can check his past streams of Star Trek Online, the leveling of Buck Fats McCool, and his rise through the ranks of the Federation. Uh, check out his StarCraft II playthroughs darkest dungeon which he'll never play again but as but as i as i like to think of it the rise and fall of one man's love of a game just watch him find a game pet the game raise the game like a pet and then watch it murder him in the night yes Um, watch the game bite me in the butt yeah just hard took in the rabid dog loved it taught it to love taught it to grow and it killed him in the night um and also observer games hate me yeah, uh, the, the the game actually broke on me. Uh, the only uh, there was a doorway I had to go through, but on the other side of that doorway was uh, a hole that hole to infinity, uh, a hole to infinity. So I just fell off the map over and over again. Over and over. Yeah. Uh, currently, he's playing through Amnesia: The Dark Descent, which was yes. a donation by one of our viewers. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. That's special fire. Baldahar. Baldahar. Thank you, Baldahar. Mm-hmm. And also, you can check out his streams Monday and Thursday at twelve noon Central. Of Amnesia, The Dark Descent, and Starway Fleet. Yeah, whenever, whenever I can, yeah. From time to time. And today we have uh, we have New Amsterdam orange flavored vodka. I bet it tastes like oranges. I don't think so. I think it's gonna taste like medicine, but we're gonna find out. <laughs> oh my god! It ta- it tastes just like an orange Flintstones vitamin. I don't oh, know if that's, that's good not... or not. Duncan, I was giving a, an update uh, reaching the last map of the mission he was running. There's a part two coming. It's brain melting and more dull. <laughs> and filled with next generation Voyager cast. Nice. But it can't compare with part one, he said. Of course not. Not, not. Nothing can compare to that. It's it's like it's like viewing chaos itself. Oh. Afterward, you're just there's nothing to compare to. You've yeah. reached bottom. There's nothing there. Oh, so painful. But darkness and death and pain. Let's talk about something less painful. Garthon's comic poll! Where Garthon talks about three comics he got this week. It's been an interesting week for comics. And we could all kind of like breathe the air now that we no longer have the oppression of Hydra cap upon us. (sighs) Alright, first we're going to talk about The Amazing Spider-Man number 32. Written by Dan Slott. Art by Greg Smallwood. Uh, colors are Jordi Belair and covers by Alex Ross. Now, when I see this cover, I'm like, that's a weird goblin mask. It looks like it's made of wood. It looks like an Oni mask, right? Like it a does. Japanese Oni mask. Like, oh, that's crazy. That's weird. So I start reading, like, what the hell's going on with this? Uh, the different artists than who's been going through the previous in the series, this Greg Smallwood, don't know if it's a one-shot or not. Uh, first few panels, I didn't like his art style, but it ends up working really well for this issue. This is like a self-contained story arc completely about Norman Osborn, the Green Goblin. Okay. 
Uh, the art almost looks like it's done in charcoal or chalk. Mm. Like expert chalk, but still it's, it's right, a little... Right. Like the first... Blended, blended with your finger type thing. Yeah, and the first panel, or the first like that first page, reminds me a lot of uh, Infamous Iron Man, but not as good. But it actually grows on me throughout the book. It's better and better as it goes. Hmm. So, uh, basically, recently in The Amazing Spider-Man, uh, Norman Osborn had been working with a, the current government of, not Slovakia, the country that Silver Sable's from. Um, I forget. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But they took it over. Basically, it's an Eastern European country. Yeah, it, it, it's a generic Eastern European, small European country. There you go. Boom. Plug yeah, it's basically Luxembourg, honestly. So they... Basically, he's worked with their government. They were creating an army of green goblins. Spider-Man burned a whole bunch of bridges uh, with, with S.H.I.E.L.D. and the U.S. government and burned a whole bunch of his company resources before he lost his company um, to beat them back and to stop the green goblins. It was the right thing to do, yes, but he didn't have permission because an international incident was a big deal. Uh, mm -hmm. It did help Silver Sable take back control of her country. That's nice. That's but nice. I bet you that Dr. Octopus probably could have done it much better than Peter Parker could have. He absolutely could have and would have had legal permission to do it. And when he was done, he would have been thanked by the UN. He would have been a hero. Because Dr. Octopus is smarter than Peter Parker. It has been shown many times. He's just, you know, evil. Well, mainly self-interested. Not really. Green Goblin is evil. Doc Ock is more self-interested. You know? Anyway. But, anyway, this book seems kind of weird. It's like, why does he have, like, this wooden Green Goblin mess going on? It shows him at the beginning trying to become the Green Goblin again. At one point, years ago, uh, Peter Parker injected Norman Osborn full of nanites that instantly destroy any trace of the Green Goblin serum. Awesome. And he told... Uh, which, honestly, when you look at it, it's like, oh, great, that'll stop him. Like, that's against his will. You've permanently infected someone with something to stop something they... You have... There's so many moral problems with that. You know? I'm but, okay then, but then again, you know, Peter Parker's like, you are mentally ill. You want this bad thing. This will stop that bad thing. But at the end, he's trying to find some way to... First, he, like, creates a super virulent stream of the God Goblin Serum that could, like wipe out a city he injects himself with it but the nanites still counteract it so he starts trying all these other therapies like meditation and acupuncture and it's actually kind of a neat little series because they're going through like he even goes to a psychologist the, psych the psychiatrist is like you know it is possible to bring out a dormant personality in someone but your will is too strong i can't do it i'm sorry you know so he's trying anything he can to bring the ring goblin back and why be, again? Because he be, wants to be beaten he, over and over again by Spider-Man? Well, when he's Green Goblin, he's smarter and stronger. And he wants yeah, both of those things. Still loses. Every time. He does. But you know what? Well, actually, he what he did win for a while. Um, at the end of Secret Invasion, when he shot the Skrull Queen in the head, he uh, actually was winning for quite a long time there. Hmm. Well, he was doing less overtly evil things at that point. Yes, that's true. Yeah. But, uh... And that was poorly written as well. Hmm. So anyway, he's trying to get back to being Green Goblin. Because then again, he's also mentally ill. You know? So after trying all this stuff, he like figures out, wait, wait, wait. Let's try something else entirely. Basically, like, the acupuncture chick says, you know, there might be another way. 
but I don't know. So he ends up going up into like the typical like going up to the mountains to see the monks type thing. Sure. He goes, climbs up there. He finds these monks who introduce themselves. Typical like you know Far East Asian monks, you know the shadowy mountains. And they he's like to like by the and he starts oh he, I, I I needed to seek you and they're like oh well by the fact that you could see us it shows you have the strength of will. You know, basically, it was actually kind of a neat scene. I kind of liked it. Uh, let me see this. Here it is. That you have reached us speaks to your indomitable will. That you can see us speaks to your spirit. That you have attempted a journey speaks of a great need. It's like, they ask him, can you heal me? Can you fix me? His face is horribly scarred right now. And they're like, do you seek treatment for your face? Like, no, I don't care about how I look. That, that means nothing. I care about inside. And they're like, that is the correct answer. So they take him into the temple. It's like, touch the green gem. And it will show your potential. It's like, oh, so I just have to do this. And he touches the gem. And like all of a sudden, like all these like Doctor Strange-esque magical symbols appear everywhere in this giant glow and green globe of symbols. And they're like, oh my god. He's like, huh, I've always been a good test taker. So then, of course, they start going and teaching him magic. Right? Like full-on Doctor Strange, hidden one. Why? We'll get to that. Ugh. Um, because he passed the test. He showed he has the skill and the will for it. Great. He starts, you know, basically showed like doing meditation and martial arts and Tai Chi and push-ups and polishing stairs and all the monk stuff and learning magic. It's very much all like Doctor Strange, the film, all yeah. the stuff he's going through. Um, at this point, I really like, no, 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 no. Green Goblin is a science villain. He always has been. Well, so is Doctor Doom. Well, Doctor Doom actually has been semi, well, 60s origin pure technology. In the 70s, they kind of hinted at magic. Mm -hmm. In the 90s, they full-on said, okay, he has magic. He, right? But because they kind of point to the 1960s stuff, like, look, his time sled and stuff doesn't work without magic. You know? That's why Tony Stark can't build one. That's why Reed Richards can't build one. Because there's also a hint of magic in it. So that was, so yeah. But Doctor Doom is Doctor Doom. So Norman Osborn is not as smart as Doctor Doom. I'm sorry. Fair. Um, but they're going through, they teach him, they start teaching all this magic and he starts getting really good at it. It's like blowing through all their expectations. And there's actually some, there's some neat conversation going on there about what's, what does a name mean? What's inside of a man? What is it to be? And neat stuff. But this whole time thinking, no, 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 no. And then for his, like, they tell him, like, okay, you meditate, your spirit animal will visit you at some point. When that happens, your training is near complete. And he meditates, and eventually this tiger appears to him, this tiger spirit, and it looks him eye to eye. And then he wakes for his meditation. They tell us the masters, I've seen it. And they're like, oh, good. They take him, like, you're time for your final test. They take him to this big hall full of masks. There's monkey and tiger and all this stuff, right? And like, okay, choose the mask of your spirit animal and you could go and complete your path. And he looks at the tiger mask for a bit and says, no, I'm Norman Osborn. I make my own way. He reaches over and grabs the green Oni mask, which looks suspiciously like the green goblin. There you go. And the masks are full of magic power. He puts it on, and now I will go and do things my own way. And he takes the mask, puts it on, and then he uses the power to summon Spider-Man to him. Right? Mm -hmm. Not a bad plan. And Chris Byron's in the middle of... And I also want... And I'll take with extra sprinkles on... Oh. This is weird. 
And then, you know, Green Collar's like, ah, it's like, what are you, you can't be the Goblin. I was probably stop that. And are you supposed to be beaten? What are you, and he uses his powers like, wait, wait, you don't use magic. What's good? And so he's like, just beating down Spider-Man with his magic, turns him into a spider. And the monks are like, well, he beats him down, right? Has him chained in magic chains. And Monk's like, oh, you've defeated your internal demons. Now you can go, oh, no, 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 this isn't over, Monks. No, no, no. Ends up turning him literally into a spider and eating him. Like, yes. And like, oh, my God, no. No, what are you doing? <laughs> He's like, yes, I oh, am the no. Green Goblin. I make my own way. You, Monks, to dare. And then he he's about to, like, fly off and control the world. And then you see him finish his sentence holding the gem. It, just like this, he looks at the Monks. Wait, what? That was that was all a, a vision? It's like, that was the test. You have failed. And we are warning all of our brothers in other monasteries about you. Goodbye. It's like, wait, what? what? Oh. No, no, you can't. <laughs> it was all a dream. Well, it was, that was the test. At first, like, oh, dream sequence. I'm like, no, that was their test. If you had the power, what would you do? And he fails oh, hard. Because okay. they're not saying that's actually what would happen. It was just an of okay, what would happen if you had maximum potential. If you were given this power, what would happen? And he'd just, evil, 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 evil. But it's just the scene where he turns to a spider and eats him. You're like, oh my God. And the monk's like, no, gross, no, dude. why? <laughs> uh, it's, it's a little much. I mean, come on. Um, so that kind of turned it like, okay. It wasn't a cheesy dream. It was a test that actually makes sense if you're in that kind of position. You know, mm-hmm. Doctor Strange, because they actually do comment like, how his story is similar to Doctor Strange's and a few others who've actually gone into the wilderness and earned magical power. You know, highly intelligent. They've lost everything. They're desperate for a cure or a solution or some other way. Right? And so, actually, some dry, some neat parallels, though, except he's evil as the year is long, you know? And I thought... I, so, overall, I ended up really liking it. But at the end, you see him dejected, walking back down from the mountain. You can still see his footprints from walking up. And he thought it's been like year, like a year or two, but no, just moments. He's walking back down the mountain, and then he's like, "But wait, I was able to awaken the regal in that vision, and that vision only had what? Because the monks told us like you brought what you, you only contains what you brought with you. It's like, wait, that means I still have the green goblin in me. That means I can still get him out. Wah ha 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 Wait 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 wait. He did, he had a tiger in him. Well, that was his spirit guide. He yeah. chose you know to say to hell with his spirit guide. Yeah. That doesn't mean he has anything in him but freaking delusions. Because <laughs> well, he's insane. Well, this, that's all he needs. Ugh. Next. Crap. I liked it. It's... No, nah, that was great. He ate Spider-Man. That's very wrong. Okay, okay. That, that was pretty cool. I gotta admit that. <laughs> he turned into Spider- uh, let's see. It's not, it's not very clear. It's just a real dramatic camera angle. I see it shoving in his mouth. But uh, it was good. The monks are horrified. Uh, but that was The Amazing Spider number 32. I really ended up enjoying it a lot. The art style worked really well for the story they were telling. I don't think it'll be great if it continues. Just because it's so different. Before this like one-shot Norman Osmer story, it worked really well. And it does help separate it from everything else that's been going on. Um, I think from what I've seen, the next like upcoming Spider-Man plot is basically Peter Parker loses everything because he's an idiot. Mm. I don't think that's the official title. No, no, but it's it's the gist. It's the gist of it. Yeah. So I really enjoyed watch, reading this. It has a nice twist. The art wasn't super good, 
but I I will give it four stars. That is a four-star book. It's a nice self-contained book. You could read it yourself. You could give it to someone and say, hey, this is a Spider-Man offshoot thing. It's a good jumping on point. So, yeah, I think it deserves four stars. Okay, cool. I even have stars. I see the stars. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, wrong button. All right, there we go. Shoo. Next up, Action Comics number 987. <laughs> Doug and I says Peter Parker has a dream to become king of Mars. <laughs> and that'll, that'll get him killed. <laughs> it will. In a hail of bullets. In uh, his great big spider mech. Oh, what was the name of the mech the Japanese Spider-Man series had? It's like Jaguar Robot or something. Power Puma, something like that. Oh, I can't remember. If you've never seen the Japanese Spider-Man TV series, hmm. he have, are you familiar with that at all? No. He actually... It's like a Sentai thing. It's a guy who rides around a motorcycle, and when danger happens, he goes, ha-ha, and a spider suit jumps out of his giant wrist thing, and he f- jumps into it, and he's in a Spider-Man suit, and he's like a Power Ranger. And then okay. he summons his giant Jaguar robot and gets into robot fights. It's not even Great. a Spider-Man robot. It's a Jaguar robot. Gotcha. Insane. Brilliant. And it's from the 1970s, of course. Of course it is, because that's how it works. Because... They were all on drugs. All right. Next up, Action Comics number 987, subtitled The Oz Effect, Part 1. Written by Dan Juergens, a longtime Superman writer, uh, perhaps most famous. I think he did The Death of Superman. Uh, pencils by Victor Bogdanovich. Inks by Jay Liston and Victor and Bogdanovich. Uh, colors by Mike Spicer. Cover by Nick Bradshaw and Brad Anderson. Okay. The cover you're seeing in this image you're like, it took two guys to do that yeah, cover. I know, right? I was about to say that. <laughs> uh, it's like, actually wow. a lenticular cover. kind of moves. Uh-huh. So it actually looks kind of cool. Great. Still need two people? Well, yeah, because that one actually has like a lot of art to it. If you actually could see it. You so can't really one, see it. one person drew the S and the other, the other person, person did everything else? Stuff? Well, it's probably a pencil <laughs> and inker. Oh, okay. Anyway. So... Uh, Action Comics is, of course, the mainline Superman book. been going on since the 1930s. That's why they're issued 987, for God's sake. So it means in a year and a month, they're going to be on uh, 1,000. That'll be interesting. There's been a recurring theme in all the Superman books that this crazy dude in, like, a green robe has gone around and messed with Superman's life. Right? Um, bad things yep. are going on. Mixoplick gets locked up in a hole forever by this guy. You know... There's been a lot of that stuff. All Which is through. a feat. I mean, locking up Mixoplick forever into anything has not been possible. Right. This guy did it. This guy in the green robe. And he's been showing up in other books, too. You Sometimes it's just in the background, you know, stuff's going on. But he's always been there. Um, and he's been called... Eventually, his name is revealed as Oz. He calls himself Oz. Because yeah, he just... If I were a D-bag, I'd call myself Oz, too. He, he just really loves Judy Garland. And he just... Anyway, um... <laughs> So in this issue of Action Comics, The Odds Effect Part 1, this is hope underneath the Superman symbol because it's not an S. It means hope on Krypton. It means they hope they're <laughs> going to sell a lot of these. Yeah, exactly. But what's ended up happening is Superman starting to get his life back together after all the stuff has gone on. They've left the farm. They've moved back to Metropolis. Right? Like, okay, we can't avoid the superhero thing forever. 
John's becoming a superhero. Let's move back to the city. They get their jobs back with the Daily Planet. But then, like, you see all these, like, little side stories. Like, uh, Superman has to deliver this medicine to these, uh, to some African village where they're all dying of some disease. So he drops off the medicine. It's like, I wish all problems would be solved that easily. And then, like, after they're checking with their job, they're about to, you know, have go to lunch. All of a sudden, like, there's, like, a million news alerts at once. Um, there's rebel unrest in the in the African village that's happened. There's uh, some guys trying to hold up a plant with workers in it. But see, all these, like, disasters are happening at the same time. And it shows how these are set up, and, like, each one of these guys who's trying to start trouble, like, you know... These people have things you, we want. You should take them. And, they, and someone else going, yeah, I should. And the guy always whispering the secrets has like an Oz symbol on his hand, like an O with a Z in it, mm-hmm. which also is like the inversion of an S. Hmm, interesting. Mm-hmm. But so basically all these guys at once start like everything like starts popping off all around the world at once. And Superman has to go and try and help all these people at once. Of course, he can't help everyone at the same time. So people are like, Superman, why didn't you save us? You know, the village where he just saved all these people with by dropping off medicine, well, they're all dead. You know, they all blowed up. And he's like, tries to stop the government force. Like, why did you do this? Like, oh, the rebels. The rebels start blowing them up, and everything just goes to hell. And it kind of devolves into the, I hate to say devolves, but we've seen it before, where the main villain's like, Superman, you can't save all of them. You right. are weak. They are not worth saving. It's like, oh, God, this again? Dan Jurgens, you're better than this. You know, and so I kind of liked where it was going until it became, like, pretty obvious, like, oh, it's the same old Superman can't save everyone. And it's he the, actually... It's the two missiles in two different directions dilemma. Yeah. yeah. And also, some of the stuff, like, the, of the disasters happening, like, you have a drunk tanker captain who crashes an oil tanker into the pristine wildlife. Um, you have uh, poachers killing rhinos uh, in protected lands. You have um, a guy who just got fired wearing a, uh, a red, white, a uh, American flag bandana, being told, you know, saying that's right, they ain't even American citizens. You know, so so he's decided to go back to the plant and kill everyone who isn't white or is foreign or something. It's like, oh God, really, dude? These are disasters. And it's like, the, yeah, the, the the first two aren't even disasters. That's for cops, right? Would even well, even this even the third one's for cops, but you yeah, know, this if, is, if these the are superhero gets gets involved, the people less people will die probably. But yeah, for some reason, like the scene of like the like these couple of pages were leaked where he stops the guy shooting up a bunch of uh, what appear to be Hispanic workers. Speak, you know, he's like, you don't even speak English. You know, have kind of drawn some media criticism, like, come on, really? And that's fair. But, because honestly, that... And the people have gone back and shot up their workplace. That's never the reason. It's always, I was fired, and I have kids to take care of. Or, I'm a drunk idiot, and I got fired for it, so I'm going to make them pay. You know, it's never, because they're not like me, you know? Take my job! Take your job! You know, that's... So a lot of people have an issue with that. And I don't really have an issue with that myself. It's just, come on. That's a police situation. Um, yeah. But then you got like the oil tanker, which of course lights on fire. And it never happens. No. That literally doesn't happen ever. 
Um, oh, wait, wait, let me double check that. Double checking my facts. All right, no, the oil tank doesn't light on fire. The fire is from when he goes to the village and they're all blowing each other up. Yeah, right, so that happens. And he, that everybody's blowed up. And then the guy, the guy in the green robe shows up and starts giving the, you can't save them all. They're weak. Let's talk somewhere safe. And he takes him to the Fortress of Solitude. Like, teleports him. It's like, you're responsible for this global chaos? I did nothing but present them with options. They had a choice between darkness and light. Darkness won. They embraced murder, mayhem, and destruction. So another's just a, look, I've shown you the evil in the hearts of man. How could you defend them? Didn't we just do this plot line? I could have sworn we just did this plot line. We just did this. Uh, with uh, Manchester Black. Yeah. We just did it. Not as a big a scale. But the Oz guy showing like, look, this is how it is. They are bad. They're evil. They don't deserve our protection. Your protection. What do you mean our protection? What are you talking about? He's like, you may call me Oz, but you might know me. But I already know you and you know me. It's like, what do you mean? It's like, when you were a child, I put you in a spacecraft to save you from the destruction of our planet. Daddy? Yeah. Yeah, apparently it's uh, Zor-El. Zor-El? That's his father. Zor-El. Or Mr. Oz. Oh, I'm your father. Jor-El. Jor-El. Yeah, Jor-El, yeah. I am Jor-El, he says. I, I survived Kal-El. I know now this is the wrong place. I'm your father. I am Jor-El. You know what? For a planet that blew up, they got a lot of people who survived. I know, right? I mean, you you think a planet blowing up would be like one guy would be the super golden ticket winner, you know? But apparently not. Yeah, apparently, yeah. So, and where have you been for the past how many decades? Yeah, that's kind of the question. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. And then you show up and... Show up and screw with my day? Right. And the thing is, not only have we seen a similar plot in Superman recently, in Supergirl, this exact plot just happened. Her father showed up with a spaceship. That one's Zorro. Yeah. And a bunch of other people. And said, these people aren't worthy of your protection. And made them fight each other and show them the evil in their hearts and how they turned against her. They just literally last month ended that storyline. So if you're reading both books, which I am, because um, my daughters wanted, wanted to get Supergirl, so I got it for them. They read it. Um, I'm not saying there's a reason to Supergirl. It's a good book. <laughs> Duncan Idaho says, I put you in a space capsule to escape our planet. Then I took an Uber. Sorry, I meant to come find you. <laughs> But then I hit the bar, and, you know... Yeah, barely hit the bar. Got a little soused. And apparently... And forgot all about it. And, you know, happy hour on a planet that only travels, you know, seconds where other planets travel years. Actually, it lasts a couple of years. So, anyway. Uh, they haven't explained how he survived or why he's been organizing to, like, even get Mixelplik against him. You know, to get all these things to fight him at once. They never explained, they haven't explained that yet. So, right. I don't get it. I don't get it either. This, this does not sound like a good book to me. The art's good. Okay. It's not great, but it's good. Colors are strong. Um, but it seems very samey, especially for me, Supergirl, with this just happened. Exactly. Um, her father came back. It's just... it's the exact same thing. Yeah. Come uh... on, man. Uh, at the beginning of this book, he actually does. It looks like it, he kills her father, who was in a stasis tube to try and heal him and make him not evil. Okay. Um, so, 
I don't know what to say about this book, really. It was a good read. It was well-written. The characters were true to how they've been. Um, Superman feels like Superman. It does feel like stuff you would try and stop. But also, it's kind of like, some of these are like police actions, dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And the great reveal, it was really dumb. Yeah, the great reveal, like, it's your father's. It was kind of like, oh, then it was like, I just saw this. I just saw this. A little coordination. So that really ruined my enjoyment. So uh, I'll give it three stars. Really? You're you're a very, very uh, giving person. Two and a half. I hate the wrong button. Two and a half stars. Drama, says Duncan Hido. Uh, Yeah, just... It was surprising it was his father because it makes no damn sense. You know, if he had whipped off the robe and it turned out to be oh, Satriani from Airwolf. What was that actor's name? Santini. Oh, the guy with the one eye? No, Santini from Airwolf. Santini, there you go, yeah. Uh, the chubby guy. Right, 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 right. The, the mechanic. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if it was him, I can't remember his name. I'm looking it up real quick. Yeah. Victor Borgnine. They whipped off like, oh, Victor Forknine! I did all this, Superman! I get it. Yeah. (laughs) Like, wah! But you died! You thought so! (laughs) That's the worst Victor Borgnine impression. It is. Probably (laughs) is. But it's true to his his love of his character. Right. But, (laughs) so it's just ridiculous. And so it ends up being a very average book overall because of it. It's like, oh, it does make you go, oh, what happens next? It's going to go, oh, really? Oh. Have they ever given Superman evil brother? She have two space capsules that you should explain. That I actually would have bought. I, I would have kind of like, I were like, oh, you're evil brother. Or why does it have to be another Kryptonian? Why can't it literally just be a new villain? You know? Fine. Sounds good to that me. That would have been great. Introduce a new villain. Instead of saying, no, it's a new villain. Who's your dad? <gasps> Family issues. Ass. Yeah. So, eh, this is something that DC's been building up to. They've actually been doing a lot of, not a ton, really? but a lot of pre-advertisement for, like, oh, Oz is revealed. For this nonsense? Yeah, it's been a, you know. So, uh, maybe there's some turning point that will make it a lot better. But right now, not feeling it, not loving it. Two and a half. All right. All right, what's next? Last book, Dark Knight's Metal, number two. <laughs> uh, written by Scott Snyder, artist by Greg Capullo. The reason I only gave the writer and the artist is because the credits in the book are damn incomprehensible. I could not read them. I don't really? know who did what beyond that. I can't understand them. I'm a generally literate person. I've read books, but I could not. I'll show you how the credits are. I can't read that. It doesn't say what their positions were. It just says names and crazy uh, blood soldier and stuff like that. Like they all have cool nicknames because they're totally metal. And it doesn't let me know who did what. What did FCO the Fallen Plastania do? I don't know. It did say who did some of the covers, but that doesn't help me with anything else. Thanks, dudes. Um, but Snyder and Capullo did this book. Uh, they're best known for their epic run on the Rebirth uh, issues of Batman, the Batman Rebirths, um, mm. which were just absolutely fantastic. 
Um, they none of the rebirth number ones are worth anything except Batman because these guys knocked it out of the freaking park. They did the year one, uh, sorry, year zero series, which, which was great. They they did the controversial uh, Jim Gordon becomes Batman storyline, which should have been an absolute stinker and turned ended up winning me over, and I loved it by the end of it. If it had stayed on a lot longer, I don't know if I would have stayed loving it, but it ended when it needed to end. So, just a fantastic pairing. <laughs> okay, guess a metal, like a metal pole once. They're cold. My tongue froze. My parents left the overnight. Oh, parents, oh, God. It's a metal pole. Licked. Yeah, he meant licked, not liked. Oh, okay. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> oh, Batman. Oh, Batsy. So... The Dark Knight's Metal series is, so far, very strange. Mm-hmm. Some ancient evil... Uh, I want to get the name right. I was going to say Bogdanovich, just because the last stuff I read. But that's not it. Uh, where is it? I think it's the B. Babaginga? Babanaga? Babaganoush? Uh, Barbados. Bar- really? Barbatos. B a bar e b a bar wait b a r b Barbados is a place. Yeah, but Barbatos, some evil not... ancient power called Barbatos. There's like some weird prophecy that, like, when the chosen vessel is impregnated with five metals, that'll open. He'll act as an anchor, a counterweight, sort of like a dimensional counterweight. So. The chosen one will like go ploop into his dimension, and Barbados could go plop into ours, like a counterweight. Okay. Ah, okay, you know. And uh, so in the first issue, the uh, they kind of find out what's going on. The Joel Justly is assembled by the Blackhawks, who originally were a pilot team in World War II, but now they're like a super spy team in modern day. They're cool. But one of their members, like their leader, is a woman who is also immortal. Uh, she was like one of the first tribes of the Earth who was in, she was infected with nth metal. Uh, as one of the original tribes of the Earth, she actually got uh, actually infected with nth metal, which made her immortal. Kind of like Vandal Savage, except she's good. Uh, Barbatos was also the name of yeah, Mika's Gundam. Yeah. It's taken from Western yeah. mythology. Not sure in the details. Yeah. Yep, it's true. So. Know it all. <laughs> Well, it's kind of like in Gundam. They also had uh, the Max Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, ah, oh, they were named after the three kings from the Bible. Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar, yes. But they also had three named after the three kings from the Bible. Right. Anyway. Oh, he read the wiki. Oh, well. So Duncan Hyde did the smart thing. So. But in the first issue, she takes him back, explains to him what kind of what's going on. Meanwhile, Batman already knows this is going on because a lot of weird stuff's been happening to him. He's been researching this kind of stuff anyway. And she reveals, like, hey, you know, we do, but this is because of Nth Metal. We have one, we have the largest source of it here. It's actually this mace, which is like Hawkman's old mace made of Nth Metal. So Batman, oh, no, wait, he got that from else. But they have a secret weapon there that no one can get a hold of, right? It's like the most dangerous thing in the universe. We have it here for safekeeping. Batman steals it and and disappears. But they don't tell you it? what the weapon is. Oh. That's issue one. Issue two is everyone's like, okay, Batman's on the run. He has this dangerous, dangerous weapon in a backpack. 
we need to freaking get him. Right? So the Justice League just splits out over the globe. Like, okay, we must catch Batman. And so the first couple of pages are them, like, going places. Uh, it's just like a couple of spread. Like, they go to the City of the Apes, because Batman's heartbeat was there. But no, it's just a little... Uh, little decoy, little bat decoy that gives his heartbeat. You know, they try, they actually, all these crazy places, they start going like, how did Batman even hide one here? Like, because he was planning on this. Right. Eventually they find him like tearing through the Amazon. And it's Batman, a whole bunch of other guys dressed like Batman, a bunch of Batman robots running around. Um, and also, it has one of the best lines in that thing, where you see them all driving through the Amazon, in a giant like bat tank thing, and the Batman on motorcycles. Damian Wayne, Batman's son, is uh, driving, and Wonder Woman like jumps on top and says, "All right, pull over, Robin. There's no winning here." He's yelling us back. Listen, lady, I'm 13 years old, and I'm driving a bat hog through the Amazon on a Tuesday morning. I'm already winning. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's actually a through this is actually a really great scene of the Justice League trying to stop Batman and all these other like fake bad imposters on motorcycles running around everywhere. And because at first you don't know that they're bad imposters, but you see a lot of Batman, but Aquaman takes one down and uh, you know, you see him like based on the Batman sees, Aqu- sees Aquaman and he's like, huh, I think I have one on the line. All I gotta do is reel him in. And then, you know, Aquaman, like, takes him down and goes, really? Fist jokes? Batman wouldn't do that. So he, you know, I thought that was kind of cute. Like, look, you're not Batman. I could have caught Batman. And Batman wouldn't make a stupid fist joke at me, jerk. Mm-hmm. Um, then, of course, Flash goes and just starts knocking out a whole bunch of the bat robots on the bikes. And he starts opening their backpacks, and there's, like, a flower or something in there, right? It's not what they're looking for. Um... It was always like great scenes. Eventually, they round up all the Batman, right? There's one left. It's the authentic Batman on a motorcycle. They're like, okay, look, we caught all your people. Give it up. He's like, huh? He opens his backpack and pulls out a flower. And you know, they're like, and Green Lantern's like, what, what a flower? What's the joke here? And then you see like the mask fade away, and it was like face morphing, like a hollow grid over his face, and it's Nightwing. And he says. You're looking for the deadliest weapon on the planet. And this is, well, it's a plant. It's an exfoliant. It was in all the bags you snatched. All the villagers around here refer to it, uh, around here, burn it for fear of its effects. They call it then some for, then weird symbols, which roughly translate to the terrible green beatdown. Why? I couldn't guess. And then all of a sudden you see Wonder Woman, like, freak out and go, wait, wait, Sawberg, what are corns? Really fast. I was like, the ground is shaking. They're like, we need to get out of here. And then Swamp Thing jumps up because they just brought the world's most powerful exfoliant right in the middle of his most sacred space nice and he is pissed and he says who dares harm the green here in the parliament of trees uh, uh him pointing <laughs> nightwing <laughs> <laughs> well at that point uh damien wayne and has gotten out right the other batman like like running for their damn they know it's like the other batman are robots except for nightwing at that point who knows what's happening? So as soon as like the ground starts shaking, he's already taking. You already see him taking off on the motorcycle, and they're like trying to figure out wait what's happening. And that's when Swamp Thing just comes out and start 
wiping the floor with him because he can. He's Swamp Thing, and you're in the Parliament of Trees, his most powerful center. Yeah. It's gonna be hard to reason with him. <laughs> Batman did it. Um. So, but they get out of there and they think they're home free. Superman comes in, tears up in the back of the truck, yanks Batman out of the back of it. It's like, all right, what the hell is going on? This, I can hear your heartbeat. You're scared. I'm not used to do that. That doesn't happen. We're brothers. You need to tell me what's going on. And he says, all right. I'll tell you what's going on. And he starts explaining to him about how it's all about the heavy metals. And it's just like Kendra, the Blackhawk, told them. Whoever's affected with the five metals, who's their chosen one, will end up flipping places. And he starts going through a bunch of stuff that has happened in the last couple of years in the Batman books. Like the first was Electrum, when he was lost in the Owl's Labyrinth, when he was finding the Court of Owls, back when Rebirth first happened. Uh, Dionysium, when he died fighting the Joker, uh, which is right when Gordon ended up becoming Batman. Prometheum, which was in that crazy time machine during the weird Watchmen thing going on. And Nth Metal, which he was exposed to when he was trying to find what the hell was going on. And there's only one metal left, which they get, don't tell you at the time. So he's explained, like, look... And the last metal, they're spreading everywhere trying to find me, trying to get me. I had to had to get away. And then you see Wonder Woman she finally catches up and says, he's stalling. I don't need the last one to tell he's lying. I could tell. So, and it's kind of a neat scene. Superman stares him down. And then, well, let me get a, I need to see this better. Batman is, yeah, right now, Batman is being a Riddler-style villain. But uh, you can see right there, Batman punches right, th- uh, sorry, Superman punches right through Batman. And that's the end of the book. Uh, Batman dies, and they sell off all his assets later. Nice. <laughs> no. Um, he punches through, and of course he's not dead. It's Clayface! And Superman's like, pretty ticked up. He's like, no more tricks! He's like, hey, easy fly boy, just playing my part. Gone down pretty well, though, huh? He's an actor, after all. <laughs> yeah, so he's like, I actually kind of like that a lot. I was like, ah, oh, that's pretty good. Because <laughs> Clayface is an expert at, made, at imitating Bruce Wayne and Batman. Actually, with Clayface's current power set, uh, once he touches you, gets your DNA, he could perfectly mimic you. Hmm. Under his current power set. But the reason he punched through Clayface was to yank out Batman's heart transmitter that was in the middle of him. That's why the heartbeat was so perfect, even it fooled even Superman. For a while. Uh, which this book is, I know I'm talking a lot of this book, has a lot of like really great moments in it. I mean, after that, Kendra, the Blackhawk, ends up going to a secret meeting in the vol- in a volcano where apparently all like the immortals of the DC universe meet and like hash things out. Heroes and villains both kind of get together at this place because they're immortal. They're going to be around for a long time. They can't die. Um, but when it rises from the volcano, see if you recognize that. Hold there for a bit. See if you could recognize that structure. Oh, the Hall of Doom. Yes, it is the Hall of Doom, which made me laugh. But it's funny. It's funny. I like. It. But inside, some talk with like Rachel Ghoul. Meanwhile, in the Hall of Doom. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's mainly villains because for some reason most villains, most immortals are villains. But it's interesting that there's just all these like some some just look like normal guys. They just you know they're immortal. They're there. Um, 
And she's like, look, all right, I know this is bad stuff going on, and we know that Barbatos is coming back, but we need a little more time. They're like, no, while you're gone, we had a vote, and we're going to use our crazy plan, which involves, like, shooting antimatter into the anti-universe, or to the dark universe. Yeah, it might kill everything, but it's better than him coming back. She's like, that's crazy. No, we're not going to do that. And they're like, well, what do you think? But it's during talks and they're trying to get him to hold off for a little bit. It's like the only way to start the river to go back to the start. You need to find the ancient resting place of, oh, no. And he turns out Batman was going back to the Valley of the Kings to find out where all this all started. Because, of course, it starts the ancient Egyptian myth. Um, and he gets back there to try and find out what's going on. And Superman and Wonder Woman are already there because they've figured it out. Before he even gets there. And when he, he actually reaches the bag and pulls out the greatest weapon. Can you guess what the greatest weapon is? No. I don't even know what to say when I saw it. It's kind of like, what? I don't know if I like that. I kind of do and kind of don't. Well. It is, is Darkseid. Who's been turned what? into a baby. I'm sorry. Say, say that again for me. It's Darkseid. Recently, Darkseid was killed, but he didn't die. He just got reduced to an infant. Because you can't really kill Darkseid. Okay. So why does Batman have Darkseid? That's an interesting question. Batman's okay. plan is to pull off baby Darkseid's goggles and have and get himself shot with the Omega Beam. Which will knock him through the dimensional barriers to go to the Dark World so he can stop Barbatos by himself. Because that's the only way to get there. Because okay. that's how Barbatos first took notice of him when he was shot with the Omega Beams and that briefly took him through there. Okay. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa you only survived that because Barbatos wanted you to survive. Like, yeah, well, he might want me to survive again because he still needs me to come, to come back. But here's the thing. Where they were sent to, where, he, where they all are, is actually the wrong place. They're actually in the tomb of Hath, or Hath-Set. Because mm-hmm. Kendra cannot contact and says, wait, you're in the wrong place. The tomb you're looking for... Um, because it's so dangerous, I destroyed it a very long time ago. Thousands of years ago, it was destroyed. So, you're in the wrong place. You're actually in the tomb of Hasset. He's a bad guy. And, of course, that's when Hasset snake people come out and shoot Batman full of metal arrows. Or, uh, blow, blow gun darts. At the same time, they use their evil snake magic to paralyze Wonder Woman and Superman. Of course. Of course. Um, at that point, there's a lot of exposition... About, yes, you affected the metals. And this last metal is the le- is actually was developed by your own atomic sm- uh, particle smashers underneath Gotham City. Which is true. That was in a different comic, where they developed a new metal for Batman's suits that's flexible and strong, called Batmanium. And that, of course, is the last metal. Um, okay. It works as a plotline. The name Batmanium makes you roll my eyes. Yes. But it was previously in the book, so it's something they created for this book. And as soon as he's... As soon as that starts sinking in, the, it's now the Court of Owls are around him now. Because the Court of Owls are used to living in the shadows. They've been setting this up for uh, Barbatos because there's some weird backstory about like ancient clans like the, the Bird Clan and the Bat Clan and some crazy crap. Which is a little too... I don't know. It's not very entertaining. But the Owl Clan betrayed the Bird Clan to work with the Bat Clan a long time ago. And thus, thus they were... Anathema, because I guess because owls are nocturnal, I guess. Sure. Anyway, but that's what they're trying to do: is bringing Barbatos back. 
the problem is, like, when Barbatos comes back, he's going to come back in the form of, like, Batman's nightmares. They mentioned that at this point. Like, no, because Tyson Wonder was like, no, we have to stop them. They can't do this. I'll be gone. And what's going to come in are my nightmares are going to come through there. But he gets sent. And the wills begin. And Barbatos comes. And they're like, oh, we will be rewarded. Yay. And first happens is some crazy... It looks like crazy feral versions of Robin start jumping through the portal and eating them. Wow. And they're all the time yelling, crow, 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 crow. And then someone off panel yells, bar. Get it? Crowbar? Yes. And, uh, because that's how Joker, and they look like Joker Robins. And, uh, then it says, bar, they heal. It's like, my God, Bruce, Bruce, where is he? It's like, you want Bruce Wayne? Look around. I'm right here. And that's when you get the ultra metal Batman. Oh, it's so freaking metal. Bad metal Batman. Um, <laughs> and basically it's like uh, death metal Batman versions of all the Justice League. Okay. And apparently oh, so they... his worst nightmare is all the Justice League, including himself, being evil, so there's no stopping them. Something like that, I guess. Okay. It's, it's like twisted nightmare versions. Like the evil version of him is basically like Batman Joker in bondage gear with all his dead Robins on chains. Nice. Um, That's a little creepy, but yeah, uh, it is a lot creepy. Um, you know, the, the Batman Superman actually is doomsday, you know, so everyone has a twisted evil metal version. I don't know how much I like it. I like it. And I don't like it. It's kind of like, it, in a way it's kind of eye rolling. Duncan says, wait, did he recruit Clayface? Yes. Clayface isn't really much of a villain. He's a villain, but if you pay him, like, he will help you out. He's a mercenary. He's really an upset actor. If you pitched it as an acting gig, you probably would have taken it. If you probably put it on Craigslist, looking for someone who could play Batman, must be willing to be exposed to danger. You know, Clayface, you know, put in his dot, you know, sent him a, you know. Headshot. Headshot. You know, had a small interview process, did a couple scenes together. Okay, now imagine, if you will, imagine you're standing on a skyscraper. What do you do? Well, I, I'm getting the character of Batman. All right. I go to the nearest gargoyle. I look broodingly over the city and wait for it to rain. And then I think, it was raining the night my parents died. Oh, God. That's beautiful. Perfect. You're hired. You're hired. <laughs> You got the you got the gist of it, son. You're hired. <laughs> Medical expenses not covered. Thank you. Uh, so, I I can see that, not that exact scenario. Well, yeah, I can. Um, but at the end, when it's like Batman's nightmare versions of himself and the evil Justice League, all not only like evil, not only in all metal armor, but also Batman. Mm-hmm. It kind of seems like something, um, a 16 year old was scratched into the cover of their Trapper Keeper, you know, sure. while, you know, while, while ignoring their geometry teacher. Yes. That is, that is your own story, isn't it? A little bit. Oh, sure. <laughs> so it's, it's just, it's interesting. It's kind of fun. If I can get over like the, oh, really? It's actually fun. And it's well-written. It sets up a kind of silly plot line, but in a way that's very entertaining there's a lot of action throughout the whole book. It's never really hard to follow. The plot line is 
just insane, but it's done in a way that you can follow it. You know, you're talking about infecting Batman with different metals to act as a cosmic counterweight to bring an ancient god back. Um, in the first issue, there was crazy poetry and weird magic stuff, but it, first issue was kind of incomprehensible. Just because there's so much stuff going on, they're like, wait, where's that from? What's that from? What, this is all new. And this one pulls it finally all together. And it makes a lot of sense, and it's fun. And anytime you see Batman, like, punking the whole Justice League, it's always entertaining, because yeah. Batman can do that. Flash could do it, too. But he would just, like, I vibrate! Ha-ha! You can't hurt me! I take you out. Next up, I vibrate the right frequency! Ha-ha! You're... Well, it's not quite that bad. But... Or I'll just run away to another time Yeah. where you're not hunting me, and we're friends again! Yay! Yay! <laughs> oh, no, I screwed up the time stream again. That's Trash. what happens! Oh, well. Um... So I liked the book. I'm pretty sure next year is going to be evil Batman taking over the world. At the same time, good Batman is trying to fight back out from whatever hell dimension he's been stuck in. The ending is probably going to be something like Batman has become more dangerous than those up above. And he's like becomes more metal than them, you know. So he likes he's going to like Jack Black rise from the ashes, you know, singing metal arias, um, probably with spears. Guess mm-hmm. a trident and some yes. swords and a helmet with horns on it. Yeah, bigger shoulder pad. Well, probably not yeah. horns, bat wings. Fair. Um, and spikes. Sure. And maybe he'll be kind of strategically torn, and then you know he'll uh, you know join the Justice League, and they'll be like, oh, the power of metal, and then they'll fight. You know, that's that's my prediction for the end of this. Sounds sounds good. I did like it. It has problems. But those problems are kind of like entertaining comic book problems, not like I cannot get past this. It's not like it's not like uh, Batman's dead father came back from another world. Like, remember how I died in the alley? Well, I didn't. I've actually been hiding all this time and making sure that all these medals were put into you so Barbatos could come back. Ha ha ha! You know what a twist! What a twist! You know, it's not <laughs> like that. So, so what do you got? Um, uh, it's a good one. It's a good one. Three and a half? No, I'm going to give it a four. Whoa! I enjoyed it. The art was solid. Uh, easy to follow. Characters always on model. Had some nice little twists. Some like really funny, like laugh out loud twists that happened. Uh, like, I loved it when Swamp Thing came out. And everyone was like, oh hell. Uh, it's also was smart. It didn't turn into like a five page battle with Swamp Thing. To like, no, listen to us. This wasn't us. Listen, we are good. We are your friends, for God's sake. You know. So that ended up working pretty well. Uh, overall, the plot went really nicely. It got to where it wanted to go. The art was very good. So, yeah, four stars, definitely. If I could be convinced to go higher. Not Secret Empire bad. Oh, Duncan Idaho. You're this is this man. was the inverse of Secret Empire. You know, this is like a miniseries that kind of affects the whole DC universe, but done good. So, yeah, four stars. Really enjoyed it. But also along those lines, the uh, since you brought up Secret Empire, Secret Empire Omega came out, and in it, it the whole issue is basically uh, Captain America talking with evil Hydra Cap about what you did was wrong. Oh, no, wrong. I did what I had to. No, it was wrong. You were evil. No, I did what I had to. And it was I didn't buy it. I leafed through it in the store because I'm not giving them money for that. It was exactly what I expected, and it was bad. Um, as one would expect. One of the main outrages about that 
is that you still made Captain America evil. You, he, sure, Captain America came back and he's good again, but you still made him evil. It's irreparable. And a lot of his argument is the Captain America that's sitting in the jail cell right now, Hydra Cap, is the original Captain America who fought in World War II, who was frozen ice, who came back. The good Cap is a Cosmic Cube-created duplicate. Yes. So that's not really him. And it's like, well, technically, that Steve Rogers isn't that Steve Rogers either, because he died, and his body had to be cloned. So really, that's not him either. But I can see the point of that. It's something I'm willing to say, well, since he had turned into an old man, and the Cosmic Cube remade him into a young man, he's just his original cap as the cap that popped out of the cube that time, too. He's already been remade by the cube. All right. So I'm okay with that. I'm over that. But I could definitely see the point. And it was a, the whole Secret Empire was an ill-advised storyline. I don't know how the hell it even got past draft one. I don't know how it got past the proposal stage. How it could have gone to the brass at Marvel and they didn't go immediately. This is a terrible idea to do with an iconic character we're trying to build a franchise off of. It's DC's fault. DC had spies. It had to be. That's the only thing I could imagine. You know, it, it was one of the worst things Marvel could possibly have done. I mean, the next... I saw other bad decisions they could do. They could kill the Hulk and replace him with his cousin, but she has PTSD issues, and so this point is useless. That'd be a terrible idea, too. Oh, they, they, damn. Well, they, <laughs> they could, okay, they might kill Tony Stark and have him replaced with a hologram. Oh, wait. Oh, damn, they did that. Um, yep. Well, they. it is possible they could take the hammer away from Thor and have him get replaced by his old nurse. Oh, damn, they did that too. Just a giant um, string of stupid ideas. I actually kind of like Jane Foster Thor. She's growing on me. But they didn't need to yeah, get take tough. out... Uh, I don't like what they did to Odinson. Um, I did not like that at all. What they did to original Thor. Did not like how they treated him. But Marvel's just made a whole series of bad, bad moves. Um... I, it's unexplainable. But Secret Empire is bad. They should feel bad. And Nick Spencer should, much like uh, Dave Rooka, should not be able to get a job. It's just, how the hell did he convince them that was a good idea? Well, That's you know what, what I want to know. You know what? Maybe in a couple months he'll be waiting tables. Oh, my God. That's just one of the things I just wonder about. How did that even get past proposal? It just, I don't... Let's move on. Ugh. Thanks, Duncan Ida, for bringing that up. Good job, D. Thanks, Duncan. <sighs> I'm at my happy place. I'm at my happy place. If you want to see happier stuff, you can check out Garthon on YouTube. You can check out Garthon's comic poll and team-ups with Heathen Dog, which we've mentioned hey. previously, but we'll mention them again. Foundry mission team-ups in Star Trek Online. See player-created content played by a couple of guys who don't take anything seriously. Actually, we do take it a little seriously. Um, well, yeah. We take it. We have fun. It's a great time. Um, even when the mission is terrible, you could laugh at how sad we are. And isn't that what America's all about? Laughing at other people's pain. Yeah, really. Um, also, you can check out my stream at 9 Central, 10 Eastern. Uh, currently, I'm streaming the Banner Saga. We had a bang up of a start. Um, I'm doing okay, I think. It's an f- interesting game. I love how it looks. Uh, tactical. Actions have consequences. You're a Viking giant. I am a Viking giant with other Vikings with me. It's 
have a lot of fun with that. So check it out if you are so inclined. Duncan says he's on a hot streak between bringing up Secret Empire and letting us know about Cold Blue Space Part 1. Not, not. <laughs> the mission that shall not be named. All right, let's talk about RNG. I believe we have something here for everyone. Yes. We are going long tonight. Take it away, Heathen Dog. All right, I'll try and make this a little quicker. This is, uh, I, I don't know how many of you have seen it, but uh, the Orville, uh, the the new Seth Mac, Seth Mac, blah, McFarland vehicle. The previews looked very funny. Yes, the thing is, though, uh, the day before it came out, I saw him on a talk show or something, and he was saying, I don't know who cut this, but it's only half comedy. It's half serious. Ah. You know, it's, it's an actual drama with more than your average amount of comedy in it. Okay. And he's right. I mean, I watch the episode and it is, it is a drama. It is a space drama that is, is uh, in, instead of say your, your, uh, if, if you look at uh, Star Trek, uh, next generation, uh, you're, you can pretend that you're filming the cream of the crop. I mean, it's, it's the Federation flagship. All these officers are hardcore dedicated. They're no nonsense. And that's what you're filming. This is the Orville mid range exploratory ship, nowhere near cream of the crop. And the crew is appropriate. All right. So the, the, these are guys more like, uh, more like your, your average Joe, you know, uh, naval, naval people. And they have their own quirks, and they have their own, their own ability. There, there was there was one there was, there was one scene that I really liked, that uh, uh, they they were talking to this doctor uh, who's who, who mans this uh, this uh, research station, and they're talking to him in his room, and and he's on a vid screen, and in the back corner there's a dog licking himself. The entire time, and no one's saying anything. That's pretty impressive. And the, until the call's over and the, the, the captain, the first officer and the security officer leave. And as they're leaving, the navigator goes, did you see that dog in the background? And the, the pilot's like, that's all I saw. That's, <laughs> that's, that's all I could see the entire time. <laughs> but stuff like that, you know, like like regular Joe stuff, you know, like these aren't the cream of the crop. These are just Joe's. You know, these are guys who are good at this job. But they're, they're like the guys who aren't making rank the first time. Exactly. You know, they're waiting they for their, to take that test a couple times. They're to, waiting for retirement. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, it's fun. I mean, uh, the, it, it took a lot, a lot of hits. I mean, uh, let me see. Uh, Meta, Metacritic stuff took a lot of hits. Uh, critical response. Here we go. A 21% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. And uh, 36 out of 100 on, on Metacritic. Yeah. And it doesn't deserve that at all. I mean, number one, it's the pilot episode. The, the pilot episode of TNG was awful. Oh, yeah. It was dog droppings. Yeah, honestly. It was bad. It I mean, this Q is in it. nowhere near lame. that. At, you know, it said, hey, this is half funny. Guess what? The show was half funny. So you're already you're already making promises and following through. It that is point. really a shame when the ads for what you're looking at do not portray what you get. Yes, yes. And, I, and uh, Seth MacFarlane actually... I, I credit him going going on going on air and going listen man whatever you, I saw the I saw those trailers too and they're all the funny parts they cut out all the other serious parts I mean it's it's a real space drama just I want to make it funnier because this is how real people would would deal with stuff like this that makes sense 
Well, have you ever heard my Men in Black story as it relates to this? What's that? When I saw Men in Black in the theater, I absolutely hated it because it was not the film I was expecting. I had seen one ad for it. And the way that ad was it, is it looked like a serious, like Men in Black investigating aliens and stopping universal crime with right. like a Will Smith rap track in the back. The one ad I saw did not portray it as a comedy. Right. And so I show up to the theater and it's a comedy and I'm just like, this is the stupidest thing I've seen in my life. Because I was not expecting yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. We're so, not ready for that. Yeah, it just yeah. ruined my enjoyment of the whole film. Look, going back, watching it again later, okay, it's a pretty good film. It's kind of funny. But that first experience, I just was so disappointed. So right. stuff like that, you see these ads for the Orville, and it looks like it's all a comedy. And then, because that's every ad I saw, it's just funny, funny, funny. Yeah. yeah. It's like sitcom in space. And then, even then, I saw some quips from uh, Seth MacFarlane saying it's, you know, it's half comedy. As he even was saying in pre-stuff, like it's a space show with some comedy in it. Yes. That's not what the ad That's exactly says. what he was trying to do. I mean, he, he's pissed off that, that they, they, they cut all the trailers to look like that. Yep. Uh, also, Duncan Idaho, Duncan Idaho is bringing up the point that the internet was also hyping up the show a lot, saying that it was like going to save us from Discovery because a lot of internet people are hating on Discovery without even seeing it um, for various reasons, which I don't understand most of them. And so like, oh, this is the real Star Trek series. You know, and so no, when, it's not that either. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. So a lot of people are now because it wasn't the savior of Star Trek they were expecting or like something better than that they're all upset and it never yeah, tried to yeah. be it never said it was no it never 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 I mean you, you, you're you trying to put it put this round show into square holes and it's right. not working right yeah create a round hole in your head the show will fit right in it yeah and uh, yeah I mean uh, if, if I had to give it a star rating I swear to, I swear it would be four stars because huh. uh, it, it the, the, the drama isn't isn't is like a light drama. It's not like your, you know, Boston Legal or yeah. or uh, or uh, you know, Criminal Minds or whatever. You know, where it's got to get dark and dirty and stuff. No, nothing like that. It's it's a little upbeat. You know, it's 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 Star Trek type drama, but uh, it has it has the comedy that when you watch it, you're like, that's probably what happened if this were real life. That's exactly what would happen. Yeah, I haven't seen it myself, but from what I've seen for other reviewers, that's kind of like their opinion. Like a lot of people like this bad rep because they were expecting comedy that's not what it's supposed to be mm-hmm. so you know i i can definitely see it but like with any series it needs a few episodes to shake out yes yes you, you need you need to actually know a series usually a season you need a yeah season yeah to shake you, out. you need to at least the first half season to even get a little bit of your legs yeah so yeah. i hope I, I i hope it does well yes me too i honestly the episode took, second episode's tomorrow fox has taken a risk even putting it on the air so i hope it works out for him and I hope it doesn't get cut like other sci-fi series do. Yep. All right. Well, thank you for that. You're welcome. All right, everyone. Thank you for paying attention. That's the end of our RNG. That'll be enough because we've gone long. So, as always, you can like, subscribe, or comment through Twitch, YouTube, at Leisure Myth. Uh, our Reddit page. Go to Facebook.com slash group slash Leisure Myth. Uh, tweet us at Leisure Myth. You can find us on Discord, Facebook Messenger, or Stream Group. And the audio version is, of course, as we always say, available through SoundCloud, iTunes, or Google Play Music. That's right. And uh, if you're watching iTunes, go ahead, drop us a rating, five stars would help us out, and uh, spread the word about what's going on, because we want the word spread. We want to bring this to the world, like we already are. More than we'll need to. Yeah, more than we'll need Thank you, everyone, for participating in this. Uh, If you want to uh, support us further, you can also, along with joining us on Twitch and talking along with us, 
you can also go to twist.tv slash Legion of Myth and have a stream subscription, a Patreon subscription at patreon.com slash Legion of Myth, a Streamlabs donation, a PayPal direct donation, or you can get our gear at shop.spreadshirt.com slash Legion of Myth. You can check out Max Leo and Oro Ryoku's streams. Max streams two and Fridays at 1900. Well, that's uh, European time, which yes. is noon, right? Noon uh, Eastern? Noon Central, 1 p.m. Eastern. All right, noon Central. Uh, he's doing Kizadler Reckoning. That's been a lot of fun to watch. Battlefront 2, then that happens. Yes. And a Let's Play of Starpoint Jonah Warlord, which he might be ending because he's, you know, losing lack of interest. Uh, Noro is streaming at the same time, Wednesdays at 1 Eastern. New Central. Uh, Twin Saga, a free-to-play MMO, which is actually going to be teaming up with Max Lyle, and also yeah. falling back on World of Tanks. No was already playing. Special thanks to our top subscribers. Hicks206, Elgarian, Sheris, and through Streamlabs, we got Baldahar, Urban Rommel, McCool's Harem, Magical Cat Girl, Fanboy, Spectral Fire, Level Eye Cat Girl, Armor Lover, Heathen Dog, and through PayPal, Alan51. Thank you very much for your support. It's your continued love and support that helps us keep doing this, and we really do appreciate it. As always, everyone, thank you very much. Any final words of wisdom, Heathen Dog? Nope. All right, everyone. I have no wisdom left. The the mission that shall not be named stole all of my wisdom. All right. Be excellent to each other. And remember, you have one life. Live it well. Live it nerdy. And have a great Darnell Anomaly.